In this first hour today, two more conversations on the B side of this hour. We'll talk with presidential. We'll talk uh, presidential politics. That is, with the veteran and award-winning political reporter for the Boston Globe, James Pendle, and we will commence today's program as soon as I find him <laughs> with our friend and brother, the prominent and powerful South Carolina Democrat and former House Whip Representative James Clyburn. Been wanting to get him back on the program. He's a you know pretty regular guest on this program, but um, he has made some news of late suggesting that he has his own concerns about the Biden campaign, particularly as it relates to its engagement um, with the black community. Now, you recall it was James Clyburn uh, in South Carolina who helped to save uh, the Biden campaign in a number of ways. Uh, There are two that come to mind pretty immediately. Uh, First, uh, he mobilized with his endorsement, mobilized black voters in South Carolina and certainly African-American women to get behind Joe Biden. His campaign was was uh, was uh, flailing uh, until South Carolina. They'd gone through Iowa, New Hampshire, get to South Carolina. And it is black folk um, who saved the Biden campaign. Uh, I asked on this program yesterday, uh, what do black folk get uh, for saving this democracy? Not once, not twice, not three times and more times. than I can count every time this democracy is in trouble. They come to us. Uh, to save the democracy. So we didn't just save Joe Biden's campaign. We, by rescuing him, helped to save this democracy. And here we are in 2024 being asked once again to save the democracy from him, from Mr. Trump, uh, from authoritarianism, from anarchy. You've heard uh, countless times what he intends to do if he is reelected. And Joe Biden can't pull this off, cannot pull it off without the votes of African-Americans. Furthermore, South Carolina, as you recall, has been moved up on the calendar. So we saw the Iowa caucus uh, on Monday of this week on the King holiday. That was for Republicans. Democrats had nothing to do with that. Uh, so their first contest uh, will be in South Carolina. So James Clyburn is a bad man with a lot of power. Uh, he has succeeded in pushing South Carolina to the top of the map for uh, Democratic voters. Uh, and so African-Americans uh, in South Carolina will have their say first when it comes to the Democratic nomination for, for president. And I suspect uh, that once again, black folk in South Carolina will come to the rescue of Joe Biden and put his campaign on the right track. Uh, who knows what might have happened in Iowa or New Hampshire, but uh, black folk, I'm sure, will get his back once again um, in South Carolina. So Clyburn, uh, with his endorsement and rallying his pe- the good people in South Carolina, uh, save Biden's campaign and I would argue save the democracy. Now, what we get for that, I do not know. Another conversation for another time because we've done it, as I said, so many times. And we can't get voting rights packed, uh, passed, uh, meaningful voting rights legislation passed, and I mean passed permanently, not every 20 years. We can't seem to get meaningful police reform passed. Uh, we can't get reparations, uh, not even a bill to study reparations passed in the House as yet. So it raises a, a, a serious question as to what black folk have earned. What is the prize for saving this democracy from itself time and time uh, again? Uh, so it wasn't just saving the Biden campaign. But he got Joe Biden, as you recall, to commit that were he elected, he would put an African-American woman on the Supreme Court. James Clyburn exacted that commitment or extracted that commitment uh, out of uh, Joe Biden. And that went a long way, of course, uh, to getting African-American support lined up behind him. And he kept his word. KBJ now sits on the U.S. Supreme Court. But Jim Clyburn has been at the center uh, of all the Biden uh, politics over the last four years, certainly. Uh, And I look forward to uh, talking to him if we can track him down. This is not like him. So maybe there's a floor vote or maybe he's called uh, into something else. We'll try to find him. But those are the things I kind of want to talk to Jim Clyburn about as soon as we can track him down. But that's our rundown for today. Should be a great show. Glad to have you with us. I'm Tavis Smiley. More when we come forward.
interrogating and unpacking. That's what we do around here. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Sounds, Sounds different. different. Huh. This, this is Tavis Smiley. This is Tavis Smiley, who was supposed to be in conversation with James Clyburn. Uh, we just got word from his office that he is in a very important meeting that has run over. We are expecting his phone call momentarily. Uh, so until then, you get me. <laughs> I was saying, I was saying moments ago uh, that uh, James Clyburn uh, has been around for a long time uh, and been at the epicenter of, uh, of politics in Washington um, for decades. Uh, you recall he was the majority whip. Um, so at one point, he was the highest ranking African-American in the House. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries, of course, now as minority leader, uh, holds that mantle. But uh, James Clyburn has been in a lot of struggles and a lot of fights. And I'm curious to get his take on uh, how he thinks the Biden administration is doing at the moment. Uh, these polls, these surveys, these studies are, are pretty interesting. Uh, put another way, they are a little scary, actually, because every poll, every study, every survey that I've seen about Biden and the black vote at the moment suggests that his support is soft. And some polls suggest that's even softening. Uh, that is to say, in real time, the numbers are not going in the right direction. Um, Kamala Harris was in, speaking of South Carolina, Kamala Harris was in South Carolina the other day. Uh, and um, while the audience, you know, was happy to see her uh, and um, cheered her on, uh, there also were a number of African-Americans who showed up in that audience uh, to chant and to protest about a ceasefire. Uh, and so uh, for quite some time, you may have seen the video of this on the news for quite some time in her conversation, uh, in her talk, um, she was interrupted and it was very, very difficult uh, for her to be heard by the audience over the chance of ceasefire. And so it's it's fascinating for me. And again, if we can get Clyburn here, Congressman Clyburn before the bottom of the hour, before we are joined by our Boston Globe uh, guest, political reporter James Tyndall, Um it's fascinating for me that that African-Americans, on the one hand, because so many of us are uh, Christians, uh, we understand that our faith connects us to the Jewish tradition, uh, given that Jesus was a first century Palestinian Jew. So that's that's our our Christology is what it is. On the other hand, so many of us in every poll and study and conversation I've been a part of, we empathize with the plight of the Palestinian people because we know what it's like to be catching the kind of hell that they are catching in Palestine even as we speak. Uh, and so it was fascinating for me to see Kamala Harris um, at this rally the other day trying to speak, trying to speak to an audience of black people uh, interrupted by a bunch of African-Americans chanting, what about the ceasefire? Or they were chanting ceasefire now, ceasefire now. She eventually sort of worked her way through that. But the optics of that were really fascinating for me. Uh, again, to see this audience there to celebrate her, but a bunch of black folk in that audience chanting about this ceasefire. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that issue in particular cuts with African-American voters. Um, but but again, the, the point I'm uh, driving toward is that I have not seen any evidence that black folk at the moment, uh, November is a long way away, but black folk at the moment uh, are uh, enthused about this Biden candidacy. I haven't seen the evidence of that, that we're excited about it. Uh, and that should not be surprising on the one hand, because um, there's no poll, survey or study anywhere that suggests that even the good white Democrats are terribly excited about a rematch between Donald Trump and, and Joe Biden. And if you thought there was a way that uh, some something magical might happen to keep Trump off the ballot when you saw those results in Iowa, um, you realize that uh, Trump is going to drive himself straight toward the nomination. We will see what Nikki Haley does in New Hampshire. And I, su I suppose it's possible. 
uh, in New Hampshire, she pulls this off. Uh, but I think it's a foregone conclusion that when all is said and done, uh, Donald Trump is going to be the nominee of the party. Uh, and so black folk are going to be in play this year in a major, major, major way. Uh, and um, there'll be all kinds of folk vying for that vote. Biden's going to do anything and everything he can uh, to try to get the black vote. Uh, and he's going to need a huge turnout. He doesn't just need the black vote. He needs a significant turnout in the African-American community. And if you do, if, if there's an enthusiasm gap, that's a problem. That's a real problem. And so they've got Kamala Harris on the stump doing everything she can to try to uh, turn that reality around. Uh, but at the moment, um, things are a little hairy. Uh, for the for the Biden administration. And one could argue that without question, uh, he kept his word and put a lot of black faces in high places. Um, but while symbolism is one thing, substance is another. And I think that's the question that black folk, gonna, black folk will be asking themselves. We know the president came through for us symbolically, but did he come through for us substantively? And I think that's the question many of us uh, in the community will be wrestling with between now and then. So James Clyburn made some comments the other day that sort of uh, rang some alarm bells um, for the Biden campaign. And I'm pleased to have uh, our friend and brother, uh, the powerful and prominent South Carolina Democrat, former House uh, whip, uh, on the line with us right now. My friend, Congressman Clyburn, how are you, sir? I'm great. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing well, man. If I complained, I'd be an ingrate. I am doing extremely well. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm not going to complain. I'm delighted to have you on the line. I know the uh, you're a busy man. I know things happen and uh, we got you a little late, but we got about 10 minutes here. Let me see if I can make the most of it. So everybody, everybody saw your uh, your comments the other day um, that rang some alarm bells with the Biden camp uh, for the audience. Tell me what you said and tell me whether you were alarmed by all the bells that it rang. Well, my whole concern, and I said that I'm concerned, uh, I, and I was even asked prior to that, was I worried? No, I'm not worried. But I'm always concerned when I see incomplete stories being written about Joe Biden's record. And I used, as an example, uh, the student loan debt issue. Mm -hmm. We heard all of this stuff about Biden uh, did not keep his promise on eliminating student loan debt. And when you ask people why... It's because uh, of the case that went to court and is declared unconstitutional. I said, well, do you know about these other four areas of debt that he eliminated uh, to the tune of $132 billion? I couldn't find a single soul who was complaining who knew mm. that he had eliminated $132 billion in student loan debt. And the guy that drives to me uh, often when I'm in uh, South Carolina is a law enforcement fellow. Uh, when I finished talking, as you heard me the other day, mm -hmm. I got in the truck with him and he said to me, he had gotten a letter forgiving him of $400,000 in debt that he had for himself and his children. Mm. And nobody knew that. And so I just said, we've got to tell a complete story. And so that's what concerned me. And that's why we weren't breaking through this wall. And so uh, people uh, like you, we've got to get this word to you so you will know uh, of what has happened. And I'll tell you something else that's happened. On the student loan debt, mm -hmm. for the next four years, every two months, another 75,000 people will be eligible for student loan debt elimination. And we need to tell people that they don't. I haven't found anybody yet who know that. Mm -hmm. So that's just one example. Sure. 
So is 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 it? Let me ask a couple questions then, Congressman. Is it is your indictment of the media not telling the full story, or is your indictment of the Biden administration not getting its message out as they should? Well, it's a little of both. Okay, it's a little of both, and uh, because you, there's some people in the media, uh, you are accepted, of course, but there are some people uh, will not put out the full story. Mm-hmm. There are some people call themselves in the media. I don't recognize them as being media. I think they're right-wing mouthpieces. They mm. uh, literally won't tell uh, the full story. Uh, I've had it happen to me all of my life. Mm. Uh, people will uh, cherry-pick your statement sometimes to make it uh, say what you want it to say. Uh, and that's what, what you get in this business, but I don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you whether or not you believe, uh, and I'm not asking you to run off a long list. I know you could do that if, if we had the time. But it seems to me that if you believe these polls and surveys and studies, and I know they're just a snapshot in time, and I know we're a long way away from November. I get all of that. What concerns me, though, frankly, is that there's a pattern to these polls. And the pattern suggests that black folk are not abandoning Joe Biden in mass, but there is a softening, if I can use that word, a softening of support in the black community for Joe Biden. Some would point to the fact that for all that he did symbolically, putting these black faces uh, in high places, we didn't get meaningful voting rights reform out of the Senate. We didn't get uh, uh, police reform out of the Senate. We haven't had a real conversation, a robust conversation as yet, uh, about reparations, and on the list goes. Um, So again, he did what he said he was going to do in a lot of respects, but that support is softening for some reason. So my first question is, do you believe these polls that do show a pattern of soft black support for the president, you accept it or you don't? Oh, I, I, I believe the polls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's my concern. Right. The polls are there. Uh, the question is, why? Mm-hmm. Uh, the polls are there. Uh, look, no. We passed the John R. Lewis Voting Rights Act uh, three times out of the House, and it got filibustered in the Senate. Mm-hmm. That's not Joe Biden's responsibility. He doesn't run the Senate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we passed uh, all the things that you're talking about. Uh, regarding uh, the law enforcement stuff. And we had the bill sitting in the Senate, and Tim Scott kept uh, fooling around uh, and would not ever sign on, and he uh, would not ever uh, allow the bill to go forward because one person can't hold things up Mm -hmm. uh, in the Senate. And that's what happened to these bills. But what he did do on student loan debt, what he did do to put broadband, we're going to have every house in South Carolina with broadband uh, within three years. Why? Because Joe Biden put $65 billion in the infrastructure for that. My late wife died from diabetes. Mm-hmm. I went to a funeral, a 56-year-old young man who worked here on the Hill uh, who just died from diabetes. And, and my late wife's bill, $800 a month. Now that's going to be capped for everybody going forward at, 30, at her age, $35 a month. Mm-hmm. So Joe Biden has done the things that he could do. The PAC Act. Just got the word yesterday from a, a, a gentleman with whom I'm uh, familiar. Uh, I've been getting 25% disability. Uh, at my encouragement, he reapplied under the PAC Act. Now he's getting 100% disability, uh, who was a Vietnam War veteran. So Joe Biden has done all of these things. So why do we emphasize uh, the negative mm-hmm. rather than accentuating well, 
The positive. Why, why, that's a very good question. Let me, let me put it right back to you. Why, why do you think for all that he has done, and, and, and I do give him credit for this, he got a lot done, but for whatever reason, it's not connecting, according to these polls, not connecting with the public writ large. Why is Joe Biden, to your mind, not getting the credit for what he has done in these polls? Because a lot of people tend to emphasize style over substance. Ah, okay. Joe Biden, stylistically... Uh, leaves things uh, up to too much imagination. There people like, for, well, you got to show me that you're fighting for me. But Joe Biden ain't going to go out yelling mm-hmm. uh, like Trump will. But I'll tell you what he won't do. He won't look in the TV camera and refer to a black woman as a dog, mm-hmm. which he did to Omarosa. Mm-hmm. I took out an ad in the New York Times and called it for the death penalty for five young men who went to jail, but later we found out they were innocent, mm-hmm. never apologized for having done that, but he did that. He did all he could to insult the first black president of the United States, and he is now arm in arm with Netanyahu, that every black person I see tell me that Netanyahu is the worst thing that ever happened to Israel, and Netanyahu is the best friend uh, that this guy has, and he's over there buying time along with um, Putin, hoping that uh, he, uh, Trump will win in November so they can take over the world. So people got to get beyond the, the figures. We ain't going to always succeed every time. I lost three times before I ever got elected to office. Mm. So I didn't quit after losing three times. I'm not going to quit because we don't have the, the um, Voting Rights Act done. We're going to win this election, get us a Senate that we can deal with, and we're going to get the Voting Rights Act thing done. We're going to get... Uh, the George Floyd stuff done. But you ain't going to get it by electing to office a guy who tells you up front he's got no respect for you. Yeah. I got two minutes left, and I'm glad I got the 10 minutes with you. Uh, I'm always delighted to be in dialogue with you, Congressman. Um, Here's my exit question. Um, What uh, does it mean that South Carolina is moved to the to the to the front of the line. I was just talking about the fact that it was tragic for me that uh, on Dr. King's birthday we had that nonsense in Iowa. The Iowa caucuses, uh, Democrats, of course, pulled out of that, and South Carolina top of the map for for the left. Um, what does that mean? That South Carolina goes first. Well, it means number one that Joe Biden demonstrated his respect for black people. Mm-hmm. He said when he did it that he was doing this because he thought that the people of color. Uh, should not be at the back of the line when we're trying to determine who the nominee will be. They, they ought to play a part earlier in the process uh, before momentum is built in two states that will not have good representation of people of color. Mm-hmm. And he is trying to make sure that South Carolina, that it picked presidents for the last four or five terms, gets to say so before somebody is picked for the presidency, as was done before, and then lose in the general election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's a big deal. It's a big deal that South Carolina's first, and I was uh, singing your praises before you came on about all that you have done um, uh, to hold um, our government accountable, but indeed uh, not just to support Joe Biden, but to hold him accountable. I, I told the story, and we all know that it was your endorsement and rallying black folk in South Carolina that saved his campaign. And I argued moments ago, it didn't just save his campaign, but given who he beat, it saved the democracy. So black folk in South Carolina helped save this democracy from itself. And for that, we are forever indebted. Uh, we'll get you back on the line. We have more time. But thank you for these moments today, Congressman Clyburn. I'll talk to you soon, sir. Have a great year. 
Okay, brother. Thank you so much for having me. Good to have you on.